I'd been following this Airbnb for quite a while on Instagram. It was an A-frame. And so we kind of planned like our whole weekend around staying at this A-frame. So we got there and it was kind of a long weekend and we turned our phones off and just unplugged. Um, They had a wood-burning stove. There were deer in the back woods. It was just super peaceful. We went for walks and we just left feeling really refreshed and rested. And then after that, our daily conversation was kind of like, how can we get this for us, for our family, so that we have a place to retreat to? So that's kind of where the dream for Northwood started. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, Zach here. Okay, a quick announcement and a quick request before we dive into this show. First and foremost, the announcement. We have joined the Hospitality.fm podcast network. This is the largest collection of short-term rental, guest experience, and hospitality podcasts. And we're thrilled that we were invited to join just such an incredible cohort of leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs in the hospitality space. Thanks to Will Slickers, the founder of Hospitality FM, for the invitation to join their network. All right, and now the request. We want to know how to make the show better. So in the show notes below, there's a link. It's a link to a type form. And if you could be so kind as to go into the show notes uh, and complete the survey, it'll help us continue to make the show even better, customizing topics and, and whatnot around the things that you really want to hear about, right? We want to make the show as exciting, as dynamic, as interesting, and ultimately as, as educational as possible. And we can only do that if we know what you think about it. So if you scroll onto the show notes below, for the whole month of January and February here, we're running this survey. If you could be so kind as to take just a few minutes to give me your feedback, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. Again, you can find the link to the survey in the show notes below, or if you're having trouble accessing it for whatever reason, send me an email, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, and I will get you a link. Thank you all so much for being here, and really excited to continue to double down on the show and, and make it even greater. All right, folks, enjoy today's episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Ty and Mary, the creators of the Northwoods A-Frame and Tiny Cabins near Itasca State Park in northern Minnesota. Ty and Mary both have demanding jobs. Ty is an architect and Mary a nurse. So in October of 2020, after months of lockdown, the couple was in dire need of a getaway. Mary had been following an A-frame on Instagram for a few months and decided to plan their getaway around when that home had availability. Upon their arrival, Ty and Mary were met with such a deep peace that they began dreaming about what it would take to create something of their own so that they might share this serenity with others. Tune in to hear how Ty and Mary designed built and branded an A-frame and a couple of tiny cabins that they call Northwoods. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Ty and Mary. All right, folks, we are live. Ty, Mary, how are you guys doing today? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's pretty early where I am, which means it's uh, especially early where, where you all are. You guys are in... Uh, are you in northern Minnesota? Are you in the Twin Cities? Where, where do you guys actually live? 
Yeah, we are in Fargo, North Dakota. So. Oh, wrong I, on all accounts. Okay, <laughs> Fargo, North Dakota. Yes, that's right. I should have known that because uh, I, I think I mentioned on our little pre-interview chat that I had a, a buddy that actually grew up in Fargo, um, which I feel like, you know, Far, Fargoians. What, how do you guys refer to yourself? Fargoans? Yeah, we Fargoians. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not that big. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe you all went to school together. Um well, guys, one of the one of my favorite things to do to kind of kick off the show is to give this scenario to folks. So it's 5 p.m. on a Friday night. The traditional work week has has come to an end. What are Ty and Mary most likely doing? Are we uh, are we gearing up for a night out? Are we kind of lighting a candle, pouring yourself a drink, or are you burning the midnight oil? What what does kind of like the typical Friday evening look like for y'all? Yeah, so Ty's in architecting. I am a nurse. So both of our day jobs kind of involve a lot of people and a lot of communicating. So we tend to lay pretty low on Friday nights. Um, we live downtown in Fargo. So we usually would like walk to a local restaurant mm. or come home and watch a show and just kind of chill. I like right it. On. I like it. Ty, you agree? You agree with that? Uh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, got a, we got a local uh, fish place that we like and a local pizza place. So yeah, I think between that and maybe a, a Blue Bloods episode. I love it. I love it. Is uh, is Fargo known for anything in terms of like like food? Is there like is there like the staple like Fargoian uh, meal? I feel like there's so many Fargo uh, places to eat that uh it's just kind of a capital of of all good things to eat um so yeah we're we actually live downtown so there's a lot of really close places nearby which is nice um so we've been taking full advantage of that nice i love it i love it well i um i've the closest i've been to fargo is actually sioux falls uh in in south dakota um and i was so impressed by like their little like downtown area and i i kid you not i had the best old-fashioned i've ever had in my entire life in <laughs> sioux falls which is just just not what i would have expected um and we had like a couple of great meals there i was there for a, a client visit one time like a few years ago but um anyhow don't underestimate the dakotas that's what i always say yeah we're actually both from south dakota originally so that's oh, cool there you go there you go okay cool um, well, I want to hear the story behind Northwoods and what you all are building. But before we do so, I want to hear about the very first experience you all both had with Airbnb. If these are different experiences, uh, that's that's also fine. But what what was your first kind of encounter with Airbnb? Where where did you go? What kind of place did you stay in? And what, if you can remember, was was sort of like most memorable about that experience? Yeah, yeah, right on. So the first Airbnb that we both stayed at was at a Airbnb in Colorado. Um, we both uh, love Colorado, and we actually went uh, there for our honeymoon. Oh, cool! And, and so we booked a, a stay there. Um, we had another um, place that we stayed at close to the park, and this was the second part of the trip. And so that was the first time we'd heard other people talking about Airbnb, but we felt a little uneasy about that. Just you know, kind of <laughs> unknowns at that point. And this has been uh, 12 years ago now, but uh, we remember at the very end of the trip, we were, you know, getting ready to leave and we're like, oh, we should probably sign the guest book. And, and so we're looking through the guest book and all of the guests were talking about these gray jays and how cool it was that they would come up and like eat off your hand. And we're like, 
what these gray jays so then we got out and and we had some leftover bread um from our trip and so we you know sat on the deck and and these gray jays you know came up out of nowhere and started you know eating off the the deck railing and pretty soon they were eating off of our hands and wow and so yeah it was a cool part of the trip and i think uh now you know every trip moving forward we always read the guest book first just in case it's like <laughs> oh hey here's a cool little tidbit about the property so yeah Oh, I love that. This is a great story. Um, and it took me a while to understand what you meant by gray jay. Uh, I, I'm familiar with the blue jays, and uh, are they red jays now? What are they now? I, blue jays and red something. Uh, anyway, I clearly know nothing about birds. So, a gray, is 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 a is a gray jay just like a blue jay but gray? Or yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also a bird illiterate person, so okay. I uh, as much as what was in the guest book. I'm like, all right, great, Jay, we're going with that. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's a great story, and and good, and just a strong testament to the importance of having guest books. I find that like I, I mentioned this to you guys. I lived uh, on Airbnb for about a year and a half with my wife, and there there were certainly guest books um i feel like they were they were fewer than i would have liked um cuz the ones that they that, that that did that were around we we of course we like flipped through and read stuff and and that's also where we found like what our favorite restaurant actually we were looking at, we were in um oh gosh where was it i think it was in kentucky uh in lexington and we were trying to find a place to eat and you know of course you can use yelp or google reviews but we're like oh like, let's start with the guest book and sure enough we found like the best restaurant of probably of our entire year and a half on the road in lexington right. because of um what a guest uh, a place a guest recommended so for those listening get the guest book get the physical guest book there's so like few there aren't that many like physical things left in the world right especially when it comes right. to communication so get the guest book um so talk to us about where the story of of Northwoods starts like what take us back to kind of that that first moment where you had the idea of of building this at, at first an a-frame and then and then some tiny cabins as well were you guys sitting around at a local Fargoian I'm just going to keep rolling with Fargoians Fargoian restaurant and looked across the table from each other and said let's build an a-frame or like what what where does this story begin yeah, so in the fall of 2020, we really needed to get away. So we um, booked a Airbnb down kind of by the Minneapolis, the Twin Cities area. Okay. I've been following this Airbnb for quite a while on Instagram. It was an A-frame. And so we kind of planned like our whole weekend around staying at this A-frame. So we got there and it was kind of a long weekend and we turned our phones off and just unplugged Um they had a wood burning stove. There were deer in the back woods. It was just super peaceful. We went for walks and we just left feeling really refreshed and rested. Mm. And then after that, our daily conversation was kind of like, how can we get this for us, for our family, so that we have a place to retreat to? So that's kind of where the dream for Northwood started. Mm -hmm. um, and we just kept talking about it and couldn't let it go at, after that. <laughs> So I want to go back because you said you first stumbled upon this place on Instagram. And a lot of the people that I end up bringing on this show, including yourselves, um, have really used Instagram as not just sort of this place for brand awareness or just to document kind of your L's journey, but actually as a, a place to kind of source guests. Um, so what do you remember, like how long you followed the place before you decided to, to actually stay there? Yeah, I followed them probably only for like three or four months before okay. we 
there. And they only opened up like one or two months at a time for wow. booking. And so I, and they would book up within like 15 minutes of announcing their dates. Wow. So I was instantly like checking <laughs> and I struck out a couple of times trying to book it. So yeah, we, it wasn't very long, but we definitely had our eye on them. That's the dream. That's the dream. I love it. Um, so Ty, you're, you're an architect. At when, when you all are talking about this idea, is it already a foregone conclusion that like you'll be working on the plans? Did you all think about like, hey, maybe we should just, you know, get some pre-built stuff. Maybe we should go and, you know, talk to our buddy down the street. Like, how, how did you all think about the, the, the plans for the place once you decided it was it was the right decision? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, it's probably a foregone conclusion um, as an architect, <laughs> your hands in it. And I think I I had, you know, some ideas right off the shoot and we were actually at the property starting to take measurements and look at things, you know, because we were like, oh, hey, this would be kind of cool if we ever decided to do something like this. We should look at, you know, what did they have for this kind of thing? And, and so we had already started to kind of turn the wheels even though it wasn't even like for sure you know a thing at that point but we were already starting the dream i think while we were at the property because we were just having such a great time we had our phones put away but we had the tape measure out yeah ah, i like that i like that that's that's great it's amazing yeah Hey everybody, Zach here. So I've got to tell you about this new company I recently stumbled upon called The Host Co. And why I think if you're a short-term rental host, you should go and sign up as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. So as many of you know, my wife Gabby and I spent the last year and a half living full-time in Airbnbs. We like to call ourselves professional Airbnb guests. Now, we were fortunate enough to stay in some of the most incredible homes across the states. I'm talking French cottages in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, to Scandinavian cabins in the Pacific Northwest. But one of the amenities we often discussed that was missing from the places we stayed was something like a mini bar. You know, so that you can snack on some popcorn after one too many margaritas on Taco Tuesday, or so that you can treat yourself to some M&Ms on cheat day. We thought we had just stumbled upon the idea that was gonna make us millions, but then we did some Googling, and that's when we stumbled upon the incredible folks at The Host Co, who were building the mini bar for Airbnb hosts, and then some. The Host Co enables short-term rental hosts to build their own storefronts, and to offer amenities like late night snacks, massages, fresh flowers, grocery delivery, in-home shopping, and much, much more. The Host Co makes it easy for guests to augment their stay with the products and services that they need, and it makes it easy for STR hosts to make up to an additional $10,000 in ancillary revenue on each rental. Hosts keep 93% of all sales, and the Host Co takes care of all guest receipts, sales tax, payouts to you and to your vendors. You can create your free store today by visiting thehost.co. And if you do, be sure to tell them that your friends over at Behind the Stays sent you their way. Finally, for a limited time, you can use the promo code BTS30 and get $30 back after your first sale. So head on over to thehost.co, tell them your friends at Spontaneous and Behind the Stays sent you their way. And and so at what point do you guys decide on on Northwoods? And and just just to give kind of listeners uh, some context, can you talk about like where where we're talking in I believe this is in northern Minnesota, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So Bagley is, is the town. Um, we're actually about uh, 10 miles away from the state park, um, Itasca State Park. And 
When we started looking for land, that was a big part of, um, you know, what we uh, were really kind of looking for. We wanted to be something within a couple hours of Fargo so that we could go on the weekend and not feel like it was such a commitment. So yeah. it was, an, you know, drive for us. Um, we also wanted to have something that was close to some sort of attraction or something that um, people were drawn to. And um, that park brings a ton of people every single year. And I think, you know, being able to be close to um, hiking and outdoor um, related activities was a big thing for us because yeah. we love being outside and we know other people do too. Um, so I think, you know, that was kind of a, a big part of it. And then we also wanted to have um, an acreage that was really important. I think, you know, we didn't want to just kind of have like a few acres and you could look over and see your neighbor. We really wanted that feeling of just being isolated and um, being able to, you know, really kick back and relax. And, and so when this property, you know, kind of came up and we started looking at, at uh, different places, um, this one, you know, really, I think uh, resonated well with us because it was surrounded by state land on, on both sides of it. And it was really, um, you know, just a, a kind of really serene feeling. And, and so it, uh, it felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and talk to us about like the timeline here. So from the time that you are at this A-frame that you found on Instagram and you realized, Hey, we could, we could try to do something like this ourselves. Do you start looking on like, Zillow right away like at like at what point in time um from the moment you you thought that this might be a serious uh, a serious opportunity to the point that like you were you you bought your your land what what are we talking there a couple weeks a couple months a couple years yeah so we went to the A-frame for our weekend getaway in October and then we started looking kind of just loosely like early December December, kind of around Thanksgiving, maybe late November. Um, and then this property came up in January. Wow. Okay. And we, yeah. That's fast. <laughs> and we knew the area pretty well because we've been looking at maps and, and we've been there multiple times. So we kind of knew like where it was at. So we actually put money down before we even saw the land. Wow. Um, we felt pretty serious about it. And then we went up a few days later and the realtor like showed us around on a snowmobile because it's completely snow packed. And <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And yeah, yeah very Minnesota thing to do kind of. And yeah. So yep. it went quick after yeah. we made the decision. Yeah, that, yeah and I think really it quick. And it, unless we didn't realize that we were going to be so serious about something so soon. So yeah. we we went into it and we we're like, well, we'll just kind of, you know, be pulling together, you know, a lot of information and we're going to start looking at properties so that we know, you know, what to look for. And we were finding it's really hard to find, you know, property close to the park that's not either state owned or owned by um, you know, private, privately by, um, you know, a, a different person yeah. that's not really interested in selling. And, and we really wanted to get away from like that kind of lot feeling. And, and so I think, yeah, when, when this acreage came on and we found, you know, where it was at, we're like, you know, this is not going to last very long. We're gonna have to really think seriously about this. And, and so, yeah, it felt, uh, it felt very quick, but it did feel good right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to hear a bit about how you all thought about the vision for for the space and the and the place because you know you you hear these stories and uh, you know some of the, sometimes people will write uh, me messages uh, after listening to an episode and they'll be like wow like it sounds like everything just kind of fell into place perfectly for these people or it sounds like they had like this like you know 
beautiful vision from day one and they just executed it perfectly and with little to no error, right? And and I'm always just curious when you when you have this idea, right? Um, and of course, it's, it sounds like things happened relatively quickly for you all, which is which is exciting. The market was also kind of crazy, right? During uh, or maybe this was right before things got crazy. Um, but it was it was a, it was an interesting it was an interesting moment to acquire a property for sure. Um, but how much of the the vision for for what like Northwoods A Frame and, and Tiny Cabins is today was was present kind of right at the beginning there? Like was were were you all determined to kind of craft a brand and and experience around this? Because again, it's it's one thing to just build a beautiful, cool investment property, and it's it's quite another to to build a a brand around it, right? Uh, and try to try to grow a brand you know, particularly on Instagram around around your space. So talk to us a little bit about the the evolution maybe of of the story of Northwoods. Yeah, we um had watched a few other cabins, mainly in Minnesota, but also some like on the West and the East Coast um, that were starting to document the whole process um from the ground up on Instagram. And that really interests us. We um We've flipped a house in the past, and then we've also um, designed and built our previous home that we used to live in. And we had friends ask us lots of questions and ask for pictures and that kind of thing. So we thought we might as well document this and share it with the world. We knew we wanted to share it with the world after they were built, so we thought we might as well start from nothing. So we did start our Instagram, you know, a couple months after we built the land, probably. Um, when we were starting to break ground. Yeah. And we just saw, you know, I think it's a really good way of starting to, you know, create interest in your property before you actually start, you know, looking for, for bookings. And I think that that's the scariest thing, you know, when you're starting off on this, you know, venture, I mean, when we we first bought the land, we didn't Mm -hmm. know for sure if we were going to be building that next year. So we needed to, you know, come up with the ideas. We needed to kind of generate what was going to be on the land. And we had a pretty good idea of, you know, an A-frame for sure. That was kind of like almost a, you know, a decided factor that yeah. we're like, yeah, for sure we're building an A-frame. But we weren't sure about the tiny cabins. We'd actually thought about doing more of like glamping tents. Huh. And that yeah did evolve over time. Um, I think part of that was, you know, we're managing this remotely, um, especially, you know, until we can, um, you know, really get all of our systems in place. We wanted to kind of keep that really, you know, close to our our hands so that we could, um, you know, really be kind of the, the the forefront of the vision and like seeing that all to fruition right away. But, you know, the the idea of the the glamping tents and managing that remotely, you know, became a little bit problematic because we thought, well, what happens when we have a squirrel that comes in the tent? And <laughs> yeah, that, you know, what do we do with this in the in the winter time because we won't have you know probably a storage yet, you know. But that ended up you know kind of changing as the project went, and we're like, you know, we really could actually use some storage out the property, so we actually added a garage, um, kind of at the end of the project, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors that went into that. And we liked this idea of, you know, being able to present people, you know, with this in the woods feeling. Yeah. And so that that's really where, you know, Northwoods was was spawned from is, you know, this idea of just being in the woods and how healthy that is. Um, and there's a lot of articles about forest bathing out there and just the benefits of being, you know, immersed in nature 
And for us personally, you know, we love and we get, you know, kind of refilled by being outside. You know, it's it's something, you know, hearing, you know, birds and and hearing, you know, the rustling of leaves. And, and you hear so much of that when you're on the property. And I think, uh, you know, when we started to, you know, look at what we wanted this to be for our family, we also really like the idea of someday maybe building this up where you could have more groups. And mm. so that's kind of all vision for the property is, is being able to accommodate uh, different size groups. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I appreciate the the description there of just what it feels like. I think one of the things that um, people, some people too, can get a little, you know, skeptical or pessimistic about like, you know, do, do we really need another A-frame? Um, and, and, and I think like there is, there is just something, there is something that is so refreshing um, for for your soul when you are in uh when you are surrounded by by nature like that and something just so restorative especially when you do when you you know have the the guts to turn off your phone uh and disconnect from wi-fi and i i think that there's there's a a, a dearth quite frankly of spaces that are conveniently located to major metropolitan areas where folks can have those experiences. So this is just kind of like my plug mm -hmm. saying like, you know, I, I live in, you know, Washington, DC and looking around the DC area, there are there are some for sure, we've got the Shenandoah, there's more stuff kind of being built there. But it's, it, it's still few and far between to find like, a truly beautiful, inspirational and also serene space for for a getaway. Um, so I, I, I love it. I love the intentionality and whatnot. I, I do have a question. One of the things, anytime someone's building multiple units on a property, I'm always curious, like, how do you how do you know how to space things out? Like when you when you guys were building the A-frame and then ultimately the tiny the tiny cabins, are you how, how do you think about planning that? Maybe this is a question for for you, Ty. Yeah, it, it was an interesting um, design challenge, just looking at the whole property and even still today, just planning ahead for the future. And, you know, when we first started looking at where to put the buildings or the spots, you know, in our mind and of, of what uh, we were going to have there, because we were still thinking, you know, glamping tents at the time, but we kind of had, you know, an idea for doing two um, glamping tents and in one A-frame. And it really did kind of fall, um, you know, into our laps of kind of where the best spots were. We actually built um, the A-frame on uh, this area that was cleared out a little bit, which was naturally one of the higher spots um, on the property. Hmm. Um, so that that location in particular, when we were looking around on Snowmobile, it, it just, uh, you know, felt right. You know, as soon as we kind of came by that area, we both look at each other and we're like, yeah, this is this is a good spot. This is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the property was actually a, a hunting property before, so there were some hunting trails that were already cool. going through the property. Um, one of the things that we liked about this one too is that it already had some you know areas with, where some of the trees had been removed, and so you could kind of see you know some vision for what was going to happen and just this clearing out in the front of the property, which. You don't always have that, you know, when you buy a piece of property, sometimes it's just completely wooded and you're starting from scratch. So there's some value there. Um, but, uh, you know, being able to kind of see some of these trails going through the property. And then we actually built um, one of the tiny cabins where they had a deer stand. Um, I know all the, the deer hunters out there would be like, oh, no, what are they doing? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we felt like it was a really, uh, you know, cool spot. There's some elevation change on it. And. Um, we ultimately have um, five buildings on on the property, 
And so, you know, just kind of like thinking through where to put all of these said buildings yeah. does become, you know, a, a very interesting design challenge because you you start to think about, um, you know, how uh, vehicles are going to circulate and, you know, long term what your goals are. Um, you start to add things like your septic system and your well um, and, and a, you know, a bunch of other things like uh uh, you know, your, your utilities for the property, uh, where you're going to put propane tanks. Um, so when you're building on raw land like that and you can't connect, you know, to, um, you know, city utilities, it's just a, a very interesting, uh, challenge, but, uh, certainly one, I think that, uh, you know, we, we've received well here as we've gone through it and excited about how things turned out. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine too, that like, especially when you're not done, right. It, it's one thing to like have a plot of land and, know that hey we're gonna have four structures on this land right and and then we'll and then we'll be done but because you guys are thinking about longer term planning you're not entirely sure like how how you know many places you'll end up building uh on your 40 acres i think that um it, it's just it's just an especially difficult uh design planning challenge so is is there like one or two questions ty that you think folks who are building on raw land should ask themselves or maybe maybe something that like people that you didn't think about until a little bit later in the game that you wish maybe you had thought about or considered earlier yeah you know i i think uh the first thing that we did is we had somebody come out and do a survey of the land so that was actually really insightful um because we were able to see what the natural topography was on the property and being able to, you know, kind of have that as a starting place, I think is really good. Um, so that, that'd be a recommendation that I would have for sure. Um, you know, other things that, you know, kind of came up um, later on that were a little bit challenging, you know, we kind of had an idea of where we wanted to put these septic systems, but, um, and, you know, it, it was a, it was a little bit, you know, challenging just figuring about, you know, slope and, and what that was going to look like on the site as far as, you know, visual. And we had so many things to consider that I think, you know, a lot of that is just, um, asking, you know, people and having those, those experts, you know, um, on, on board soon and, and, and starting to kind of lay things out, you know, from that perspective, um. I don't know if I have, uh, you know, things that we would necessarily, um, you know, redo or do differently. Um, one one thing that was really challenging and, and hard to know what to do with was the the entrance to the tiny cabins themselves, because huh. um, we really wanted to create this, you know, secluded feeling, um, and and rather than having um, you know, like a full bathroom and kitchen in each tiny cabin, you actually walk on, on the trails. Um, and you really kind of get this like in the woods feel. So mm. you're, you know, it, it's a slower kind of more methodical, you know, feeling of like, you know, entering, you know, like and slowing down. And, and so we like that, that idea, um, you know, what that did for us is we could have uh, smaller and narrower trails going back to the tiny cabin. So you, so you had this kind of like canopy of trees still over you. So you didn't just have a huge, you know, road that kind of came through. Um, you know, but the, the challenge in that is that we needed to have a parking place and, and then the location of the bathhouse, which is where, um, each of those tiny cabins has a private bathroom and a shared kitchen space, um, knowing where to put those, I think was, uh, was key and, and they're right at the trailhead. So it, it really turned out to, to be kind of a cool location. 
Yeah, I feel like the just the number of decisions that you wind up having to make, right? Like is is probably yeah. just jarring. It's like you go in thinking, okay, we're gonna do an A-frame and a couple tiny cabins. You you have no idea just how many different decisions along the way are gonna need to be made. Do we need to remove this tree? Can we keep this tree? Like, do we need to expand this yeah. trail? Can we keep the trail the way that it, you know nature has it, right? And 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 whatnot. So I I imagine I just respect the amount of decision making that y'all had to do, especially when building on raw land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I think that that is definitely a, a good uh, a good segue because yeah, you're you're trying to like balance all these things out and make sure that you're you're not uh, you know taking any more trees out you know than you need to because that's kind of like the whole thing, right? Is we want this like in the woods experience, and so your every decision that you're making is kind of around preserving that and and wanting to you know make sure that it, it has that kind of restful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So I, I'm curious about just the the investment here, like, and and how going into the project, right? Was this? Did you guys have you pretty much kind of spent what you thought you'd spend in order to kind of get things up and running? Have there been phases? Has it been significantly more expensive? Has it been? Have you saved money? Like, talk to us a little bit about how you thought about this from an investment standpoint, um, and and kind of like where we're at right now in terms of um, how today's reality matches your your expectations. Yeah, right on. I feel like I'm going to be talking a lot here. Um, this is kind of a, a good one for me to to jump in on too. But you know, we, with our uh, with our land costs, we paid a little over two thousand an acre, which is um, a pretty average price. But we were really happy with with that. Um, just being that we had good good location with uh, with the park and whatnot. Um, so kind of the second cost um, aside from land is going to be your soft costs. Okay. So soft costs make up um, 15 to 30% of your kind of overall, um, project cost. Um, that's going to include any architectural engineering, um, project management, um, financial fees, that kind of thing, um, or insurance or equipment purchases or rentals that you have as you're building. Um, so I think that, you know, that was, um, one thing that, you know, we did save a lot of money, um, by doing the, the drawing, yeah. uh, we did have an engineer that was for the engineering side of things but that was uh you know relatively little cost um uh, we did have um, a lot of money that we saved too by managing the contracts so rather than having one prime general contractor that was responsible for uh, working with all of the other subs uh, we were um, that uh, that kind of general you know project manager so 
Um, I think being able to pick and select which contractors we were working with and then coordinate that, you know, work to our advantage, um, partially because I'm used to doing that, you know, with with uh, with my work. Um, we have, um, you know, that kind of, uh, um, you know, relationship with a, with a construction manager in our in our, our office. So I think that that type of delivery method was familiar to me. Um, and I, I really did appreciate having that, um, that part of that, um, you know, project being able to save the money on, on that side of things. Um, and then, uh, this, the second thing, um, that, that I think, uh, you know, you start to look at, which most people are familiar with are your hard costs. So yeah. looking at, you know, the costs of developing the site costs for, you know, the building itself and, and those, you know, vary so much um, based off of location. So I would hate to to lead somebody astray and, and give them, you know, numbers specific to our build. But, you know, you can vary uh, from a more do-it-yourself um, design conservative, you know, at 150 bucks a square foot with an A-frame to $250 plus, um, you know, depending on on uh, what all you're doing. Yeah. Um, the tiny cabins, you know, have a smaller footprint. So, in that kind of 250 to 350 dollars a square foot is is pretty common that's super that's super helpful ty and i think like people listening to uh a, a lot of folks have a general sense of you know they'll know their individual markets but i think it's helpful to just hear anytime you're kind of building from the ground up what are just some rough averages to base to base some projections off of um because this is this is a lot of work it's it can also be a, a lot of money like it is it is an investment right um and i think like it's important to to be honest about kind of like what it takes to get started here um so that's super helpful all right mary i we gotta ask you some questions because ty's ty's been talking too much um i, I want i want to hear i want to hear about kind of building this 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 brand so you guys talked about it a little bit already with doc deciding to document along the way helping kind of build some initial interest um, from prospective guests on Instagram. Uh, how, how did you all, how did you guys think about sort of the name and uh, the, the the sort of like ethos of, of the brand? Yeah, we threw out quite a few names. Um, <laughs> we had lists going and, and kind of um, took us a little while to figure out exactly what we were, we were going to call it. But um, the tiny cabins are actually kind of like the um, overall reason for Northwood. So one of them is named Nord okay. and one named Wald. And Wald means woods in German. So that just kind of fit and made sense. Um, and then Nord actually means the concept of like true north and looking north. And really our our hope behind these is that people slow down and realign with what's important in life. And so that just kind of fit and we couldn't stop thinking about it. So Nord and Wald, Northwoods, um, and then the A-frame is the mm -hmm. A-frame. Yeah. I love it. W w where did you come up with the names Nord and Wald though? Like what, what was the inspiration behind that? I think we were just thinking about um, woods and we were kind of Googling what that all means and and we both have a German background. Okay. Um, and Wald is actually my mom's maiden name. So oh, wow. it, just, it all fit together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, very cool. I am glad I asked. How, <laughs> I, I'm curious, you guys have done a, a really good job at, at, uh, marketing your, your place. Um, and, and it's been cool to like, I found you guys on Instagram, right? That's why we're having this conversation. How have you, how have you thought about sort of the marketing strategy for, 
for Northwoods. And I know that you guys have worked with some influencers and I'm, I'm just curious, like how, how have you guys thought about building and kind of like scaling the brand? Is there a couple of tactics that have worked really well for y'all? A couple that may have not worked as well as, as maybe you had expected. Talk to us just a little bit about sort of like the promotion behind the place. Yeah. Um, I think, well, neither of us are really content creators <laughs> at nature. Neither of us were really active on social media prior to Northwoods. So um, it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge for us. And we've been looking to friends for assistance. Um, we reached out to quite a few people in the beginning on Instagram that we were following and just had some Zoom calls and conversations about what that looks like and what's worked well for them. So we've definitely tapped into some friend community groups and things like that that have helped us along the way. Mm -hmm. um, trying to show our face a little bit more, yeah. talking through the process and kind of showing like behind the scenes with the design process and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we're both. I'd say we're both uh, type A people too. So when you're, you know, kind of like a planning person and you're trying to do something spontaneous, yeah, you know, it uh, <laughs> it can be, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, kind of outside of your comfort, you know, level to um, to talk on on the gram and to you know um, come up with these, you know, things that it's like, okay, everybody's going to be looking at this. We got to make sure that we get it just right. Yeah. And, that that's something that we've had to let go of a little bit um, is just that, you know, that perfection, you know, it's like you, you can't, uh, you can't focus on having everything so perfect that you never end up doing anything. And, and that's, uh, you know, ultimately, I think when you're balancing, you know, building a project and you're working on building up your business and you're also, you know, trying to, you know, do marketing and all these things are happening alongside of, you know, normal life. <laughs> like, oh man, we should probably do a post, you know, tomorrow morning. And, you know, you don't really feel like doing it. So you're like, okay, well, you know, what are we going to post? You know, we just posted that picture. We really, you know, we don't, we need to take more pictures while we're on site. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're just kind of learning as, as, uh, as you go and, and, you know, seeing what other people are doing too. I think, you know, we, we grow as a community and, and like Mary said, there's been some great resources, you know, in that, you know, rental cabin business um, community that we feel like we've really grown, you know, alongside of those people and been able to learn from them. And that's been a huge, huge help for us. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com.
on that on that note, guys, what what are the resources that have been that, that have been most helpful? Are you when you talk about this community, are you talking about just kind of like people you meet on Instagram? Are you talking about something formal? Like as you as you talked about both the build, but then also sort of the the branding and marketing of of Northwoods. What what are the sort of those resources that have been most helpful? Yeah, we definitely listened to quite a few podcasts in the beginning, um, more so around like short term rentals and what hosting and and that kind of thing means. Um, but then as far as the brand aspect, yeah, we've met friends on Instagram and then um, a few photographers have came, content creators have came um, mainly from the Minnesota area. Um, so that's definitely helped a lot too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like there's um, an untapped, I, I don't know if this is just like me coming to starting to follow you guys and then the algorithm doing its thing and whatnot. But like, I, I don't think I realized how many like cabins and like beautiful like chalets there are in like the greater Minnesota area. But now yeah. like, I feel like my feet is just, it's like all places in Minnesota. <laughs> like, what did I do? And I, I feel like, like, uh, John, John cry, who's a photographer. I, has he been up to your all's place? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was our first, Yes. And then um, maybe here's a plug for him. He wrote a um, book called Up North book and it's just all cabins in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So yeah, they're definitely taking over. Okay. Well, (laughs) that must be it because uh, he and I connected. I actually had him on the podcast uh, a couple months ago, but, um, and then ever since then, it must just be like, Instagram knows that I like John Cry's stuff. And so now I'm just my my feed's just flooded with all these Minnesotan cabins. So um, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Um, what about uh, I'm, I'm curious just to hear a, a, a little bit more about your all's guest experience and, and how you've thought about designing that. Right. So, again, it's, it's one thing to be able to write plans for a beautiful a-frame and, and some tiny cabins. It's another thing to be able to, you know, get some photographers to come out and take some beautiful photos. But at the end of the day, like this is this is a hospitality business, right? And it doesn't matter how beautiful the home is or how well designed like the space is, if the hospitality components, the guest experience, right, isn't isn't great, uh, your business is going to suffer, right? It's going to hurt. So like, how, how have you all thought about like hosting? And are there one or two things that you think are somewhat unique about the guest experience that you offer at Northwoods? Yeah, I think a couple of things are we try to support local as much as we can. So like even down to the welcome gift um, or basket that we give each guest, we have like local coffee and popcorn and a couple other unique things that um, are waiting for them when they get there. Um, We try to really think about like what our what we and our family enjoy when we travel and Mm. when we go places. One big thing that we incorporated was the game closet in the A-frame. So we have a closet that's just all the way from the floor to the ceiling, just packed with card and board games um, for people to enjoy. So that's kind of unique. Some of our best memories growing up are around family time and around the table. So we just really wanted to focus on like the kitchen being fully equipped and and um, just having enough space for people to still kind of go into their own nook if they want to with the loft and books and the um, upstairs and downstairs we have a maker space so we have just like open shelves with a bunch of crafting and wow. supplies for people to get creative 
Um, and then for the tiny cabins, we have the local, which is in the bathhouse, and that's kind of the shared kitchen and table and game space as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. You actually have, all, all that is great, but you have like a, a maker's place. Is that what you called it? A maker's space? Maker's yeah. space. That yeah. is amazing. That is that is different. Yeah. I have never heard of that. Um, yeah. Do people, do you, do you often, like, will guests take photos of things that they've made and like send them to y'all? Yeah, the kids have definitely loved it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of adults that have used it as well. And yeah, we have um, our sewing machine in there and just all different kinds of arts and crafts and, and a bench to read. So it's not mm -hmm. just to get creative, too. It's to kind of get away and, and rest as well. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I have just a couple final questions for you all. One, one is around um, how how you all identify, right? So so I'm, I'm super curious when I talk to people like you in the space who you've got your day jobs, right? Mary, you're a nurse, Ty, you're an architect. Um, but you've built these incredible, this incredible A-frame in, in tiny cabins. You've, you're building this brand of Northwoods. Um, do you all, when, when you're talking to friends or, or whatnot, like, do you, do you identify as like, oh yeah, we're an architect and nurse by day and real estate investors by night. Do you identify as entrepreneurs? Do you identify as people that just love cabins? Like, how, like, how do you, how do you think about the business that is, that is Northwoods? Because it is a business, right? Um, uh, just just muse on that for for a bit for me if you don't mind yeah i think we've always just had an entrepreneurial spirit you know inside of us so this you know this idea of creating something you know is is just kind of been you know i think in me as an architect especially i think you know i've always just kind of had this passion for design and this passion for creating spaces and naturally i think that that segues so well with the the industry of you know rentals because you know i think being able to stand out from you know kind of your standard um you know kind of uh you know i'll say more cookie cutter you know style yeah. style homes um is is really important in this industry if you're going to stand out and and uh you know kind of be known for something other than just kind of the the um you know, the, the standards, um, that, that are expected, you know, and, and I think, you know, one other thing too, that, uh, that we really, you know, um, you know, have is that, that Midwest, uh, work mentality. So I think, hmm. you know, we, you know, have that, that, that work ethic, um, you know, being able to kind of like take something and run with it and create something. And, and so I think, uh, you know, for sure. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we, we, uh, you know, just have that kind of, you know, do it yourself mentality. And, um, it, it's, it's really, uh, you know, this brand of Northwoods, it's, it's really, you know, evolved as we've gone and we have, you know, all these ideas of things that we would like to see that become someday. Um, but we're just starting, you know, small and starting with, you know, this piece that we have in front of us and, and it's really been good. Yeah. Well, Ty, on, on that note, you, you stole my, my last question, which is, what, what what's the future like what what are the next two to three years for for yeah. Northwoods look like and and you know don't feel like you have to be married to that time frame it could be a little bit longer than that but just when you guys are you know when you're back at a, a restaurant in uh in downtown Fargo and you're you know you you've exhausted topics to talk about personally and 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 your day jobs and you're you're talking about northwoods again and you're dreaming about northwoods what are what are a couple things that are like top of mind yeah yeah or it might be the other way around sometimes it feels like we're talking a lot of northwoods and then we we've, we've exhausted <laughs> 
the other. <laughs> That's no, true. But uh, I think, you know, our vision right now, this next year, we really, we've, we've put a ton of time and effort into making this what it is right now. And yeah. so we really want to take a year, you know, just to kind of rest in that and enjoy what we've created. Um, we're looking forward to fine tuning some things on, on the property. Uh, we started making some trails before construction began um, the first summer that we, we started out there. So we're excited to kind of pick those back up. Um, connect some of these trails and really just make sure that we, um, you know, kind of finish flushing out everything on the business side of things. Um, we've kind of been through every single season now, hmm. which I think is kind of a, a big deal, especially in Northern Minnesota, you know, you're, you're going through all the, the different things. It's like, okay, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to handle that? And so now I feel like we kind of have that underneath us and being able to implement some more things, um, you know, being prepared for the second season of that and really kind of our first full season. So that's going to be, um, you know, a really exciting thing for us. And, and, uh, um, yeah, long, long term, I think, uh, you know, we're excited to do more, um, to kind of, uh, you know, bring about more of that kind of group stay and yeah. being able to accommodate more groups. And so naturally as part of that, um, we want to have um, more cabins on, on site. And so we've already been doing some thinking about that um, just kind of for the distance future here, but um, we like the idea of doing more unique um, cabin stays, um, you know, unique uh, shapes and unique, um, you know, elements that would just make it a very, um, uh, you know, kind of unique place to go and, and also bring into that, um, unique community elements. We've done a little bit of that, you know, with the shared component of the tiny cabins, but we kind of want to create more shared components hmm. that every on the property can use. Love it. Anything you would, uh, add to that, Mary? Yeah, no, I agree totally with like the community spaces. Um, just to go off on that a little bit, we um, are kind of thinking maybe like a sauna mm. or like a stargazing platform or just places that uh, people can gather, but then still have their cabins that mm. they can retreat to. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's like a, a little retreat center, right? That you guys are building. I love it. Um well, guys, this has been this has been amazing. I really, really appreciate uh, your your time and your story. Thank you so much for for sharing it with us. Um, for for those who are tuning in that might not follow you on Instagram, what's uh what's your handle? What's what or you know your website? What's the best place for folks to kind of get in touch if they want to learn a little bit more about you all and your story and or book a stay at Northwoods? Yeah, so our Instagram handle and Facebook pages are both Northwoods A Frame. And then our website is northwoodsaframe.com. So pretty, simple. pretty easy. And we'll go ahead and we'll drop those in the show notes too. So if y'all are listening to this uh, on whatever, wherever you get your podcast, just scroll down to the show notes and you can find those links that, that Mary just mentioned. Mary, Ty, it's been a significant pleasure. Really appreciate uh, you both and keep up the great work. Awesome. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you for having us. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. 
It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last, but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.